0: There's a lot of great trail cameras out there. I've run the TactiCams and that's a great system, especially their cell cameras. I've run a lot of different brands that I've I've recommended to you guys in the past, but the right fit at the right time is the SpyPoint Trail Cameras. I have uh, a couple of the Flex G36s that are cell cams. They do a really good job for keeping track of everything that's going on on my property. And I also have for, you know, kind of out in the back country, I've got these Force Pros. Man, the picture quality on those Force Pros is, is just amazing. If you guys saw some of the bear pictures I was showing you during Spring Bear, that was a Force Pro. Really great cameras. I, I'm really excited that they are, uh, they chose to sponsor the show because I've been, I been using SpyPoint for a long time and and I think you guys are going to be just as happy as I am with them and check them out at SpyPoint.com and let them know the Western Huntsman sent you some of you might be old enough to remember back in the day when you can go to Walmart and get you a Savage rifle for very cheap and they did a good job but they weren't like equipped for some of the hardcore hunting out there that we do today if that's a memory that you have with Savage like I do i'm telling you it's not like that anymore savage arms is one of the premier firearms manufacturers dedicated to us hunters i have this freaking uh savage 110 Tanis the apex hunter and this thing is amazing I love the AccuTrigger. You can also get them with the AccuFit, which allows you to adjust the stock. So if you're buying them for youth hunters or whatever, or just, you know, rifles fit you different. It's so flexible. It's so perfect for every hunter. It's just not the same Savage that it was 30, 40 years ago. It's a great firearm for everyday use while hunting, and they support hunters, and they support this show. And I really appreciate Savage Arms check them out anywhere firearms are sold or go to savagearms.com to find out more there exists a threat from anti-hunting groups to politicians trying to give our land away and we won't stand for it those vast western landscapes provide the space for our wildlife to thrive and a place for hunters and anglers to fuel the fire that sparks their soul in this show And gentlemen welcome to this episode of the western huntsman podcast this is jim huntsman your host coming at you from the broken tines studio in sunny clark fork idaho and i got the ac a running uh, it's funny as we, we record these uh, episodes I, I go through the the different seasons and sometimes i'm blasting the furnace and the ac but uh i do have some news to update regarding the old broken tines here the the broken Tines Studios actually going to be moving to a new place and i'm going to be uh talking about that in some upcoming episodes uh but uh the the lonely broken time studio right here that i'm sitting in now is going to be reverted back to my good old hunting trailer and so i'm pretty excited about that where i can you know actually put some elk antlers on the wall and other things to to have like a legitimate studio again it's been a couple of years so uh Anyways, I'll keep you guys posted on that. Uh, Guys, this week I've got somebody – this is going to be an interesting conversation because um, I'm really excited about it. The the guy I have on, we share the same last name, and so I think – I'm not even sure how we became friends like on Facebook or something (laughs) way back in the day, Justin, where – I don't know if I started following Huntsman's Goldens first or or if if you and I just kinda of found each other through like hunting forums. I, I don't remember. But either way, man, I appreciate I, you joining me.
1: Oh, for sure, man. Thanks for having me. I, I wanna say it was the Golden thing. I know my wife had said that, hey, we had another huntsman like the page and of course that's always gonna oh, yeah. pique my interest.
0: <laughs> so That's exactly uh by the way, do you guys do like uh return policy money back with this monster anybody but you
1: you bet yeah anybody <laughs> but you we'd be all over no <laughs> no we are uh, totally kidding they are such fun dogs and it's so much fun um we get spoiled getting to do what we get to do on that so dude this yeah like, i
0: so i obviously i'm a dog lover right and and i've had a lot of dogs um wyatt which just for for anybody listening I guess that was two years ago, wasn't it? It was two years it was. ago. Yeah. Yep. We came down. I actually took a few days out of September archery elk season to come down and pick up this little eight-week-old puppy or whatever he was, and his name's Wyatt. You guys, uh, if you follow us on or follow me on Instagram, you've, I'm sure you've seen him in some of the videos and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, this dog is a stud, man. I have never had a dog so smart. He's so smart, he's a pain in the ass.
1: Because That's he, the if, problem with him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. Yep. His mom is the same way. Really? <laughs> yeah, the same way. <laughs>
0: yeah, I love it. He's he's a great dog. He just spent the day at the pond with us, and, and uh, so he's he's like, I'm looking at him through the window. He's over there laying in the shade because I, I wore him out. So
1: Yeah, and if I remember right, I think I gave you crap for that because I think I was hunting when you came down, and I said, well, I'm not going to come meet you, so good luck, and uh, <laughs> we'll <Yeah>. talk later. <laughs> yeah, I was all looking forward to meeting you,
0: and, and uh just didn't work out. You guys are in
1: yep. Idaho Falls, aren't you? We are, yep, yep.
0: So for for everybody that doesn't know who you are and what you do and, and uh, why I felt it was a, a good idea to get you on the show, because uh, for those of you listening, Justin Huntsman is uh one hell of a bow hunter and he is he's he's knocking them down and notching tags like a lot more than i do and so i thought it would be super cool to get him on the show and and uh just talk about archery hunting and and bow hunting and, and hunting in idaho and the west and everything else that we talk about and hell we'll we'll talk about golden retrievers yeah um, heck yeah yeah man. <laughs> So, for, for anybody that doesn't know you, kind of give us give us a down low on who you are and, and where you grew up and all that, and we'll go from for sure. there, brothers.
1: So, I'm an Idaho guy, born and raised. I uh, grew up here in southeast Idaho. Uh, just an absolute playground for a guy like me, um, whether it's chasing trout or steelhead or hunting anything that runs or moves or walks, or you know how the story goes. Oh, yeah. But, uh I got into archery when I was about two, uh, which a lot of people can't believe, but I just had one of those stick bows, and the old man would shoot, and I'd stand right next to him and fling arrows for as long as I could, and uh, started getting back into the competition aspect of archery when I was young, about six, and shot until about eight or nine, um, and then kind of got out of the, the archery scene on the competitive side more for winter skiing, uh, turned into a big ski bum, started living to do that, and... and uh, Oh, really? Yeah, just, I didn't know I was a, yeah, I was a ski patroller for 10 years uh, at a local mountain here in southeast Idaho, and, and I loved it. I mean, it was something that I, yeah, I just loved doing. It was so much fun. Um, but then I started getting those injuries that started affecting what I could do hunting, and that's, that started slowing down real quick. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, yeah, it's, uh, and I'm sure you're the same way. Uh, it's nice having the last thing that we do, but, I mean, it just drives me. It's, it's, it's everything I think about. It's everything I do. It's just... Uh, Everything I do day to day is honey. Well, let, um, me, so,
0: let me ask you this, man. Have you ever done like a lineage thing and and like the origin of the last name Huntsman?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky. I've got a grandma that family history is a huge deal to her. In fact, when she found out that I was doing this podcast, I'm supposed to get your dad's name and your mom's name so we can figure out exactly how we're related. Yeah. <laughs> so she gave me a whole list of stuff I'm supposed to get. So. Well, it's – but yeah. It, the reason it's, very cool.
0: it, it's it's super cool because um, the last name Huntsman is not you know way common. It, it's not like no. it, it's not like you, you hear a lot. Some of these last names, it's like you feel like when you were in school there was twenty of them in that school mm-hmm. or whatever. When I'll, I'll put it into perspective, when I was in the Marines, there at that time, I don't know if this has changed or not, but in the Marines they would generally have 270,000 Marines on the roster. At, at You know, these are active Marines. Yeah. And there was only two Huntsman's, and I was one of them at the
1: time. That's nuts. And yeah. So
0: it's not like a super common name, you know what I mean?
1: Well, and like I said earlier, when my wife had mentioned that you'd like the pot or the, the Golden Retriever thing, I was like, wait a second. Like, I know most of the Huntsman's around here, and I don't recognize that name. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah. So you so guys yeah, You
0: guys you guys your family um you, you guys are all from Idaho Falls. Uh I, I was going to say we used to do our family reunions down there. Uh it was mm-hmm. in wait, it, no, Rigby. Yeah,
1: A yep, little, so that's little. just north of us.
0: Yeah, and but that was on my uh, mom's side, so that wasn't the Huntsman Huntsman side of it.
1: And my wife's actually from Rigby. So, yeah. Oh really? Yep, yep, my wife is and my mom is actually. My mom's actually from out there, so yeah, my dad, uh, most of our homestead is down the Shelley area, which is just south of Idle Falls,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and there's a lot of us down there, but that's where my dad grew up, and then uh, I grew up here in Idle Falls on the east side of town. Nice. Um, and it, it was, it was so much fun, it just, just a great place to grow up, I mean, we've got the South Fork right here, we've got whitetail hunting, we've got elk hunting, bear hunting, deer hunting, I mean, you can pretty much hunt anything within two hours of here that you can hunt anywhere else in the country, so it just, it makes it a good time, and it's just a great place to live.
0: It really is, man. One of the, you know, for my day job, I look at big commercial roofs, and Idaho Falls is one of the areas I sometimes visit. Mm -hmm. Um, Because they have that INL down there, Mm -hmm. they they have insanity. It's like insanity, the amount of roofs they have. Anyway, I I was coming out of there in in December one year, and the the most prolific group of uh, bachelor bulls I've ever seen in my life was just north out of Idaho Falls standing in a field there was like yep, six that's of those,
1: those old sight bulls we talk about them out there licking those containers and growing big that's the only thing we can think of
0: <laughs> that's got it's got to be it man like the the smallest one had to be like 270 and he was way smaller than the other ones well
1: and they have that early uh desert hunt out there and every year somebody arrows just a huge bull I mean just one of those really? you know world-class 350 plus bulls yeah and they're always in full velvet which is always so cool so interesting cool yeah. so
0: that's say that again is that like a tough tag to draw or something
1: uh it's no it's actually no it, at least it used to be i it's not something i ever do um but it used to be an over the counter tag and it was awesome um but it it's just like everything else it gets so much pressure now that i don't know if it's anywhere near what it used to be which i mean everybody's seeing that out yeah. west that's kind of the the normal the normal thing nowadays mhm so yeah. So do you, are you
0: like exclusively a bow hunter or do you do any rifle or anything? Tell me Um, a little bit about
1: that. So I do a little bit of rifle hunting, not, not like everybody else. I'll, I'll go kill an elk every once in a while with a rifle, but most of the time it's, it's straight bow hunting. I just like that, that adrenaline rush that all bow hunters talk about that you get and it's just something different. I mean rifles are awesome. Uh my kids hunt with rifles. I killed a bull at c and 20, I think 18 was a rifle. So I'm not afraid to pick up a rifle and go. Stu- I like killing stuff. So I'll I'll yeah. go do whatever, you know. Um but I just something about watching that arrow fly through the air, man. It's just a an addiction. You just can't get rid of.
0: It is, man. It there there is something that just I don't know, it like sparks the soul, man. When that arrow does. that yep. sound of zoop, and it, it was—I don't know—I I, love—I love rifle hunting. I'm not—I'm not, you know, against rifle hunting or anything. And I do a lot of it, but I—I I mm-hmm. really do prefer the bow. And we were—we were up bear hunting. Um, do you—you do you, you said you bear hunt, right? I do. Yep. Do you—do you guys bait
1: down there, or what, what do you we, guys do? We do. Yeah, that's what we do. That's probably ninety-five percent of our hunting down here, just because it's thick enough timber. I mean, there's places you can go spot and stock, but we just have enough enough bears, enough thick timber that baiting's just smart to do. Yeah.
0: It's like the only way up here in the
1: jungle to, mm-hmm. to really get them. Yeah. With, we're or, nothing or like you guys. Yeah, exactly. But, uh,
0: yeah, we were, we were on the, what was that? I, it was like two weeks ago now at this point, cause bear season just closed, uh, June 30th up here. Mm-hmm. Say hit. And, here. and <laughs> my daughter, uh, I, the goal was this spring to get my daughter a bear. Right. And, and she was just so excited. She's 14 and I take her up we've got the rifle I've got her this little 7mm08 uh, Oh perfect. And we'd sighted it in like right after we got done turkey hunting and it was all good. This bear comes into our bait site and and I mean this was a busy busy bear site bait site. We had tons of bears on the cameras and I I mean I could I could post pictures on like Instagram for days with the pictures That's awesome. I got. Anyway, this bear comes in. He's he's a nice bear too. Uh, probably two hundred plus pounds. Um, decent bear, because uh, uh, again, North Idaho. There's tons of bears. They we do get some big, you know, just slobs. Um, but they're they're pretty rare. I don't know. Oh, what and it, it's
1: me? rare. That's just that's just bears in general. Like yeah. people say that twenty inch bears are around every corner, and that's just not true. No. Like they big bears are hard to find nowadays.
0: They are. I had I had two big bears come in on the bait site all season. Uh, that that would have been twenty inch bears. Uh, the rest the rest were all just you know giant raccoons for the most part. But yeah. this, this bear <laughs> comes in and Shadow's all excited because I I told her I was like don't look at me don't don't like wait for permission don't do anything just raise your rifle and make a good clean shot right and and I'm this was before we set up so we're set up and I the way I was sitting I didn't see the bear come and she did and she saw the bear and all of a sudden she raises the rifle I'm like what's going on and then I see the bear pop out of the brush and he's going and licking the barrel and you know looking around and boom she shoots and it's it's almost as if I could see the bullet go right over his back
1: Oh no! <laughs>
0: and, and that's abnormal because my my daughter's a really good shot. I'm I'm like, what the hell, man? The a bullet hits a tree behind the bear. Bear turns around, trucks off down the mountain, never to be seen again. Actually, that's not true. He showed up like two days later. Um, we come home and sight in. I sighted in a rifle again, and come to find out. Uh, she must have knocked the scope or something. Um, oh, dang it, it! was shooting way high. Uh by by, like a few inches. So anyway, that was like the uh, heartbreak of the spring bear season for me, man.
1: Oh, and it's and I don't know if it's just me or not, but these last couple of years have been tough on us. Um, we had a couple of years there that it was like almost easy. And I don't want to say easy because that's the yeah. wrong term. Because bear baiting is not easy. And anyway, it it's easy. I will give you a backpack full of bait and we'll go hiking and we'll see how much you love it. It's not fun. It's um, a pain
0: in the ass. I wish I could it just is. sit on a mountain and spot one from 300 it away is. and shoot one.
1: Exactly. And, and that's kind of the thing we've been doing the last couple of years. Cause my son just barely got old enough to hunt. And, uh, mm-hmm. that was my first thing was I get him on a bear. That's no big deal. I'll get him on a bear. And it has been so hard just to get one to come in when he's sitting on the bait, let alone get yep. him to kill one. Like we still haven't got it done. Yeah. Um, and it's just it, yeah it's it's awesome i love it uh, getting to introduce him to the stuff that i love is is something that i never the joy that i get to feel is is weird i i didn't expect that at all
0: oh man it's pro- so, it's it's profound it's profound it, i i love hunting but what i love more than hunting is taking my kids hunting how old is your son
1: uh he is uh let's see 11 12 he's 12 oh perfect man Yep, he just yeah. turned 12 yep so and, uh, and it's go ahead go ahead No, no, I was just going to say it's just it's fun to have somebody that when you take them to the woods, everything that you're so used to is new. You know, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, we find elk velvet on the road and that's something I'm used to. And he sees that and that's a big deal. And it's just cool to see that new, you know, that sparkle in their eyes when they see something new that you're so used to that you don't really pay attention to anymore.
0: It is. it's, It's an amazing time. It's an amazing thing because they they have this fresh set of eyes that where it gives us like you and I we don't know what they don't know sometimes we don't think about that but I can tell you the first time I uh, well the first time I took my girls out to hunt deer where they were actually you know on deck they were the shooter mm-hmm. um, they both spent less than an hour in a deer blind that I had set up on our property and they 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 both tagged out. Their first, within the first hour, I took them each out separately and they got a couple of little whitetail, right? Which is
1: awesome. Like that's so crucial in my opinion.
0: It is, but it also gave him this impression. This was two (laughs) seasons ago. It gave him this impression that hunting was just easy. Oh no, you go sit out in dad's blind thing and you know, a deer comes in and you shoot it. And oh, so, yeah. I understand that, too. Yeah, I understand that, too. That's what's nice about switching it up, too. You know, we do turkeys, we do elk, we do deer, and and then I got them on uh, bears this year, and this it was a it was a, like a nice heartbreak. Now my daughter, 14-year-old, now she knows the heartbreak of a missed shot and a season without a notch tag, you know, and she, she understands that, okay, it's not always that easy, and so it's oh. it a valuable lesson in that.
1: Oh, it was too, and 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 I don't know about you, but when I first started hunting, I I I struggled extremely bad with buck fever, um, to the point of of Should I almost I didn't want to do it. Yeah, and, and I still do too. Um, but what we kind of talked about talking about tonight has kind of helped me in a way that I don't have to stress about that anymore. Uh, like I used to. I mean, I, I the first three elk I shot at, we never found. Um, and mm. I would just you know, I was to the point that and and most people don't like to admit this, but uh, You know i was a crappy hunter i was young i didn't know how to shoot um i didn't make good shots yep and i remember the first elk yeah i remember the first elk that actually killed i was like wow this is this is awesome like i i need to strive to do this better Mm -hmm. and uh and yeah it just kind of lit a fire in me that helped me to now when something and i I don't want to sound arrogant or cocky or sound like i know everything but it if he walks in sixty yards of me, and I've got a bow in my hand. You're you're probably not going to survive the encounter. Yeah, um, and that's that's a fun. I and, and and attest to, to
0: that because I, you know, we I I think I are we do we follow each other on Instagram too?
1: Oh, we might have. I've kind of gotten off the social media stuff. the last. Okay couple months <laughs> <laughs> but, so. but
0: my point is is like the years past is you know we've been friends i know on facebook for a long mm-hmm. time oh 100 yeah you know uh, you're always notching tags man like it's it's crazy to watch because i'm you know what you talked about um actually i got an interesting little take when, when you're talking about buck fever for some reason when it comes to bears or bull elk i don't get that way and I think that for for with elk, it's it's generally this big you know call in encounter, and my adrenaline's already been high because yeah I'm communicating with this bull, so by the time he shows himself, I'm pretty calm. But when I'm deer hunting, and I don't care if I'm rifle hunting or bow hunting, I I don't do a lot of muzzleloader, but um so I don't I don't know, can't speak to it, but yeah I, I get way is. more worked up over a buck. I what
1: does it deal with that? Like I get you know what I don't worked up. I'm the same way. Like when I was a kid, you throw a coyote out in front of me. I could smoke him. Mm -hmm. you know, eight times out of 10. No, no problem. But you put a deer or an elk or something in front of me. I fell apart. And, and my best friend's a total opposite. You can put a deer and elk in front of him and he doesn't even get wound up, but you put a coyote in front of him and it's all hell breaks. (laughs) It's so weird how little things like that just set the mind off to where you struggle executing a shot.
0: Yeah. 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 So yeah, for sure. Well, tell me a little bit about how you got over that because you you talked about like target archery before we hit record, yeah. And and I want to I want to know because uh, again I do struggle with uh, I don't know if it's um, target panic or or uh, what do we call it buck fever.
1: Yeah, target panic, buck fever. I mean, those are all it's two names for the same monster. You know what I mean? And yeah, it's, it's, and it's
0: it's worse for me with archery than it is with a rifle. Like I get buck fever with a rifle, uh, but. I don't know if it's just the experience I have between hunting all my life and military and stuff. I, I can always hit them with a rifle.
1: Uh, oh, hundred percent. And I that military best. training. Go sorry, ahead. go ahead. Oh, oh, I just to say that military training just, I mean, I've got buddies that are in the military and that's one thing that is so awesome. Cause they teach you how to pull trigger <laughs> and yeah. that is as simple as that sounds. That's the start of everything. <laughs> so yeah,
0: yeah, for sure, man. But I want to, I want to translate that to archery. Because I I feel like like I shoot a lot of targets I'm I'm pretty good mm-hmm. um, I, I I practice a lot and when I get in front of a bull elk that's just been screaming his head off um, I'm super calm and I feel like I'm making a good shot but then I'll deflect it off a little twig or something you know oh, yeah. I've told yeah. all the stories on the show before uh, yeah
1: and and with that kind of stuff I mean it's it's bow hunting stuff's gonna happen yeah. um, it's just if we can negate some of those issues that we cause a lot more elk are going to hit the ground, you know, and you're still going to lose elk to swirling. I mean, swirling winds are always going to get you in trouble and you're always going to have branches that you don't see. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you can get it to where when your shot goes off it's second nature, it takes out a lot of that guesswork and a lot of that, that anticipation that a lot of people get that causes target panic and buck fever and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, And a little story just to kind of how I got into it. My dad shot competitively back in the mid nineties. Um, And and was really good at it. It was a very good shooter, very accomplished shooter. Um, And then kind of got out of it, like I said, same reason I did. Started skiing. We started skiing together as a family, and that kind of took over winter. Well, that's when we do a lot of our indoor shooting for targets, so it really took over that. Yeah. Um, yeah, But then about 2014, 2015, me and Dad are hunting a drainage, and we have a bull crack off, and we go down after him, get in like we always do, get in close, and all of a sudden, he beagles again. And it's one of those beagles, and, and you've heard this saying, and I've said it 100 times, and I know better. But you can never judge a bull by his beagle. Um, I don't no. care who tells you you can. You never can. And uh, this sounded like a young raghorn. And I was a young bow hunter. So dad does what every dad does and put me out in front of him and said, all right, get ready. They're going to come right here. You're going to get a chance. Just do what you've been doing in the backyard since you were two. And uh, about 40 yards away from me on this trail, here comes a cow. And, you know, perfect setup. Range founder knew exactly how far she was. I was set. I mean, I was ready to go. Arrow knocked, ready to go. Here comes another cow and another cow and another cow. And I thought that's a lot of cows for a raghorn, And we hunt an area where the herds aren't big. Um, you know, we're talking eight or 10 elk is a big herd for our area. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. We that, just don't that, have, that would be huge herd for our area too. Yeah. Yeah. See, so you kind of know the same thing. We don't have those 30, 40 head herds like a lot of the people out West do or the, or All the right, huge well. 300. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways. Well, what came out next was one of the biggest elk I've ever seen on the hoofs. Uh, probably a three seventy bull walked out, and I full Drew, and he came walking out, and I didn't know what to do no more than stand there and breathe. Um, I literally froze. He walked into my shooting lane, stopped broadside, and I just sat there staring at him. No idea what to do, nothing like that. And he walked on out of my life, and I made a decision right then that I was going to figure out how to make this archery thing work um, and make it so that I wasn't going to miss opportunities like that again. Um, it's probably one I'll never, never get again. Uh, uh, that's crazy. And a three 370 yeah, it just,
0: in Idaho, man.
1: It's just a huge bull. Um, it's seriously, I'm not going to say he's the biggest bull I've ever seen on the hoof, but he's top five. Wow. Um, just one of those you never expected to walk out. I don't. And, I don't uh, think
0: I've ever seen a 370 bowl in the state of Idaho for for me. But oh, yeah. again, I'm in the Panhandle, yeah. so I yeah. Don't we,
1: know. so and down here, it's a little bit easier for us. I mean, it's especially in some of the areas we have. You can see for three or four miles, so it's no big deal to see those big bowls. Now, getting close to them is a completely different story. Sure. Um, and and I mean, you just look at the statistics that that tells you it's a completely different story. But we made a decision that year um, to slow down on the skiing and start shooting. And one of the very first things I started noticing is that. I started getting more confident with my equipment, which is going to happen with anybody that shoots a lot. Mm-hmm. But I started noticing things on my bow that I had never noticed before. Um, stabilizer weights and how that can affect how the bow holds. Um, you know, that to me, I always threw a stabilizer and I thought, that's cool. It's for, you know, making it quieter. I never had any idea what they were used for. Well, can
0: you, can um, you describe that for those of absolutely. us that don't so, know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, stabilizers on a bow are for two things. They're for deadening. They're going to take away a lot of the vibrations in the bow. And then they're for the weight system. So if you've ever noticed on target archery, we have those long bars. A lot of us run front and back bars. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of times the reason we do that is to help us actually shoot the bow. Um, I can actually add an ounce of weight to the front of my bow and slow down my sight picture, meaning I can slow down how much that sight is moving you're never going to get it to hold completely still. Anybody okay. says that's a liar, it's just not going to happen, but you can, you can negate it down to where it's your eyes, not your mind, not freaking out when the sight's moving. Does that make sense? Yep. Um, one of the biggest things that I try to tell people that aren't into the target archery stuff is that a lot of guys will say, trust the float. And that's the hardest thing for people. And it was the hardest thing for me to learn is to let that pin move around, just execute a shot. And you'll be amazed at how often that thing goes right in the center. Um, and it was hard for me to learn that, but back to the state, wider, sorry, rabbit hole jumping down stuff, but no, that, that
0: rabbit holes are good, man.
1: Um, yeah. So,
0: Oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Um, back to stabilizer. So what we can do is like, for example, if I have a sight picture that I'm always holding high, I can throw another ounce of weight out on the front and help me bring that bow down into where I'm holding center more. You're, you're, you're changing that natural point of aim. And if anybody shoots rifles, you've heard of that, where you lay down behind a rifle, what's your natural point of aim? Where's the gun pointing? Um, you can do the same thing to a bow. People just don't understand that. You can change things on it to make it so your natural point of aim is going to be right where you want it to be. Hmm. And that's just something that that target archery, that's another thing, competitions, whatever you want to say, it just teaches you these little things that that make your hunting bow so unforgiving or so forgiving that it's just amazing what you can accomplish with them. Um, funny little tidbit, I just got the new target bow that I'm going to be shooting this next fall and winter. And I actually took it to our, our summertime leagues last night and shot a worse score than I've shot with my hunting bow all summer. Really? Um, that'll just show you that just because you have the equipment doesn't mean that, yeah, my my hunting bow right now is so dialed that, yeah, I wouldn't want to stand in front of me. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you know. but target archery just shows you how to do that. But uh, the main reason that I started getting into this was not only that, but it was to, to teach myself how to handle that anxiety that fear of the unknown when that animal is coming in or when i'm standing on a tournament line because i will tell you right now and anybody that's been to vegas which vegas is our our super bowl of indoor archery Um, they have anywhere between 35 to 4,800 shooters every year uh it's amazing if any of you get a chance to go i would highly highly recommend even if it's just to go watch it is so awesome Um, but anyways you stand on that line and that judge says this is your first end of score that feeling you have that comes racing up from your feet and all the way up into your heart and up into your throat, is the same feeling you have when that buck stands up or when that bull turns and gives you that oh, shot. Oh,
0: yeah, that makes sense. And I, okay. I
1: realized real quick that this was going to settle me down, and all of a sudden I started killing animals that I that I normally wouldn't have killed.
0: Um, because the stress from the archery, cha- or like these, these competition shoots
1: exactly and i don't know how it is up there but like when i first started getting back into this like all of our 3ds around here were just fun shoots nobody had any competition it was all fun shoots
0: yeah they're mostly like that I, up here too
1: yeah which i understand that but a lot of that people don't realize is what that's doing is that's taking the nerves out of it and the whole reason we're wanting well to practice is try to replicate that well this is the best way i've found to even get close and and, and i'm not going to say it's the same um i mean you put a big bone in front of you and he's come marching in and that's a feeling that you won't feel anywhere else um but this at least made it so that when they came marching in, I wasn't sitting there going, "What the hell am I going to do?" Like I did with that big bull.
0: Wow, that um, and interesting take, man. I've I've never thought of it that way because I I, I don't do any competition shooting. I, I I feel like I'm not good enough.
1: You know, I I, I just I don't know. I, it was never. And that's one of the biggest things I want to talk about was the misconceptions of target archery. Um, I mean, it, that's one of the best things I hear is oh, I'm not good enough. Uh, hogwash. I we've had guys on tournament lines. And not, not to sound like an asshole, but we've had guys on tournament lines that literally stand up there and dry fire their bow three times in a row, and then tried to find the arrows. Mm, really? So yeah, yeah, like just just come shoot them. They are so much fun, and it is for anyone. And hey,
0: and Justin, what's what's your Instagram? By the way,
1: your Instagram handle. Oh, uh, I will have to see if I can find it. Like I said, I kind of got rid of all my Instagram stuff. I haven't been on there a lot, so let me see if I can pull it up real quick. But yeah, how come
0: did you? Are you are you just sick of social um, media? Or?
1: Yeah, you know that, and and I've heard you. I don't want to go too far off on a rant because we both feel the same way. But I'm just sick of all the crap on Facebook. Like yeah, yeah. I was wasting too much. I was wasting too much mind power on being negative on stuff that I had zero control over.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and it just, it, made, dude, it was making I, everything s- tough. I'm so guilty of that on, on Facebook. I, I, like I just, I get, I get tired of, it, it's so phony. There's such phoniness going on and, and oh, 100%. like people are just cowards too. When it comes to it, talking on like this social media medium and not expressing their real opinions and, and acting like or, or just not saying anything at all when there's something that's blaringly or blazingly wrong that needs to be addressed. And, and I know people agree and nobody says anything. It's like, okay, guys, quit worrying about offending the snowflakes. It's it's time to grow up and start actually standing up for what we believe. But that's that's the Facebook side. I, I don't do that on Instagram. I try to keep well, it just
1: hunting. I'm 100% agree, you know, not to sound too redneck but the problem with everything now is that you can say whatever you want you don't have that threat of getting punched in the mouth like we did when we were kids you know back then if i smarted off i got popped in the mouth and yeah i'm right there with you man
0: did you find your instagram so
1: i'm pulling it up right now like i said i haven't even been man that's that's super
0: uh like you sincerely moved away from me i I I literally logged out of it and everything yeah i
1: want (laughs) to say it's at jd huntsman 10 i want to say but that might not even be right i'm not i'm not sure if that's even right
0: okay hold on so, let me see if that works jd huntsman 10 no results found
1: that's okay you can send it to me later yeah i'll send it to you later for sure but yeah i just no worries
0: Silencer central Folks, if you want to learn something new right alongside me, check it out at silencercentral.com. I've never put a suppressor on any of my weapons, but I'm going to start now. And I'm using Silencer Central to help get me started because they walk you through the whole process. To include, you can ship the rifle to them, they'll thread it, they'll put it on, and they will ship it back. And you can make payments on the whole thing while you wait for all the licensing to get approved, which they take care of for you. It's a great process and it's a great company, American manufacturer right there in South Dakota. And we are really excited to be partnering with them. So check it out at silencercentral.com or give them a call at 888-781-8778 and let them know that you heard it on the Western Huntsman. Hoffman Boots is my go-to boot. I love the Explorers in the 8-inch, and they've got the Vibram sole, totally waterproof, no break-in period. They just glue your feet to the mountain. You can't ask for more out of a boot, and you don't have to break the bank to get a pair. So check it out at HoffmanBoots.com. Again, another American company. A local North Idaho friend of mine who runs this company decided to make some great hunting boots for all people that are serious about getting into the back country to chase elk and deer and bear and everything else out there so check it out at hoppinboots.com. use promo code all caps lock huntsman10 at checkout to save you 10
1: percent i you know back on that instagram thing i just i see everybody post pictures of all these huge animals and i i Instagram has been awesome for hunting and I'm never going to say that it hasn't been same thing with Facebook, same thing with social media, all that stuff. It is, it has taught way more people, something that we never should have lost. But yeah. on the same hand, it has made it really tough. When I have friends that I get a 150 inch deer in front of them, mule deer, and they don't want to kill it because it's not 200 inches. Yeah. And that, it's like,
0: that is disturbing, especially like Idaho public land mule deer. Hunt. Exactly. Like, are you yeah. serious, like, dude, this is not yeah,
1: like it's, This isn't
0: a ranch. You didn't pay 30 grand.
1: Exactly. And, you know, you see everybody on Instagram killing and and nothing against that. I'm guilty of it. You know, if I kill something big, damn right someone put on there, I'm bragging. You know, I worked my ass off for that. So, but I just, people tend to think that they're running around everywhere out there and they're just not. Any of us that spend a lot of time in the woods, you just know that big animals don't run around everywhere. No. And you've got to work your ass off to find them. and, And so that's just kind of been my, my issue with it (laughs) I'm just not yeah I'm
0: with you man I I get I get tired I grow tired very quickly of the persona that people try to put on on like Instagram and Facebook yeah you know I I and I have a policy if I if I won't say it to somebody's face I won't put it on Facebook or Instagram or any social oh 100% yeah you know and I I think more people need to have that policy because I'll post something and people say something shitty to me and it's like you know what if if we were sitting if we were at a Fourth of July f- festival you know uh, watching our kids do the turtle races or whatever we do, um you, you wouldn't say that to me and now exactly. you're, you're saying it to me on on here because you know I can't reach through the phone and pick you up by the neck and body slam <laughs> or vice exactly. versa right like yep. I'm not I'm not gonna get nobody's getting a black eye out of it
1: and well and, I, and, and- back when the wolf thing first happened and, and, and I'm sure this could have been where me and you actually first met was when we were arguing with all the anti, you know, the pro wolf people. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, some of the things that people would say on that, I just, I got to the point that it's like, how could you threaten somebody's, family like that over an animal like i just you know what i mean so it was i just figured it's time to give it up and just take a break from it and that's where we're at <laughs> isn't
0: that crazy man that so vitriol it's so that comes out of the anti-hunters and especially these pro-wolf activists
1: like they yeah. are
0: nasty man they will send well me... and they're
1: next level like that yeah like i've had people get mad at me for hunting and i've had people you know you're a killer or murder whatever and, I, and i'll i'll own that you know what yes i am i'm a killer sorry yep but those wolf guys are they're they next level. Yeah, they're I, a
0: different breed, man.
1: Like they I, are. I've yep. had
0: people literally call me and threaten. They're like, well, "I am going to find out where you live, and and you are going to you are going to pay. You and your family are going to pay." In fact, I should I should post those comments on on social media to show no, the lunacy you know? of this. Like, okay, fellow mankind, my fellow mankind, friend you find this species on earth as if as if they're they're so much more important than any other species that because i am for managing wolves through hunting and trapping you're going to threaten my family which by the way i i am heavily armed on a very well protected piece of property and i'll know you'll be coming and you won't like the
1: results bitch oh absolutely yeah absolutely <laughs> and that's the thing that Pardon makes me friends. laugh is no no i mean that's that's the thing that makes me laugh is you ask these people, where do you live? Well, I'm in California. Well, then why the hell are you even talking? Like, yeah. you're not living here and seeing these deer get killed and, you know, drug around and seeing 20 elk die from a pack of wolves for fun. Like, you're not seeing that kind of stuff. Mm-mm. But, I mean, that's the world we live in now. Everybody's got an opinion. And whether or not you have any actual real facts about it or whatever, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, it, it's just tough. It's opinions, <laughs> opinions are strong,
0: man. What would you are. see as, as a guy like... um. How old are you, Justin? Thirty-five. How so? So you're a guy that's been hunting a long time. You've been in the hunting space for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you see as like the biggest threat to the future of hunting? And well, I'll ask the second question later.
1: What do you see as okay, the biggest so, threat? And this may come across as kind of a—I don't want to come across as an asshole, but I'm just going to be honest with you guys. You know, I you think keep, honestly, you keep the,
0: saying that, dude. You listen to my show <laughs> enough to know that we don't care if people think we're assholes. <laughs> They're gonna do anyway, dude. Well.
1: Well, and that's one thing I told myself is is I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest. I think the biggest threat to hunting right now is hunters themselves. Um I don't feel like we ba- have each other's backs at all. A- and in, it's not in good. What way?
0: In what way in
1: uh, so several ways. Uh whether it be uh bow hunters versus rifle hunters, uh crossbow hunters versus archery hunters, mm-hmm. uh traditional hunters versus compound hunters, uh long range shooters versus guys that jump shoot. Um Just that, like I I understand having our differences and and absolutely we need them Um, because that's, that's what keeps hunting fun. But we need to have each other's backs on the bigger enemy and we don't. And I feel like that's going to be our biggest downfall.
0: Man, I, I actually really like the way you said that because that there's, I want people to understand on when it comes to this topic, there's a difference between rivalry and, and like becoming enemies with each other over, over subtle differences. Oh, absolutely, and, and well, that's you're what gonna... it is, man. Like rifle versus bow hunting, that's a subtle difference. The end result is the same. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, so absolutely. I, I just I want to caution people. Like again, I, I, I don't mean to. I always feel like I sound like my grandpa when I talk about <laughs> my military time because my grandpa'd be like, "Listen, boy, back in Korea, yeah." You know, I don't. I don't mean to sound like that, but. Like in the in the military, obviously there's there's rivalry between branches, and and you know Marines versus Army and and versus Navy and what whatever, and, and I get that and it's a fun rivalry. But if you've been to somewhere oh, like, like Iraq, you understand that that rivalry stays stateside because everybody depends on each other and and we're all on the same team. And so I've seen that on that level, and I think that people maybe sometimes don't see that on a greater level, that that maybe there's some jealousy because some dude shot a 200-inch mule deer on a paid ranch hunt and, and you know, maybe doesn't mention that. And, and guys like you and I that can't afford that, um, we get a little bit out of shape. That's okay. We have to leave it there because at the end of the day, we're all hunters. And, and, oh, absolutely. You know, it just drives me crazy that people don't separate like the, they get more mad about somebody defending being um, a public land versus private land hunter, for example, or a uh, you know DIY guy versus a a guided hunter. They they mm-hmm. get they get more fast or uh, fixated on that difference than they do the fact that like there's people out there that literally think that they should ban ranching and hunting so that no animals die in the name of feeding humans.
1: Oh, yeah. And, and those are the same kind of people that think meat come from grocery stores, though. So, I mean, you can't really t- take their opinions too serious. But, yeah, I, I agree with you, man. I just, you know, and I, we see it a lot. Again, back to the social media thing, that's that's where I see the worst of it. And maybe that's why I decided to kind of back off of that was, you know, I'd have buddies that they would kill a great deer or a great animal, and I would be so pumped for them, and they'd be embarrassed to put it on Facebook. And I'm like, that is so dumb. Well, I'm going to get made fun of. That's our problem. That's why hunting yeah. is where it's at now. And that's why we're losing hundreds every year. Now you hear that every time. And us at, us out West have a hard time seeing that because every year we're dealing with more and more hunters. Yeah. But if you look at the numbers and you look beside your little bubble and actually look outside your bubble, our hunting numbers are going down. Um, you know, and, and not only that, but I have a lot of buddies that kind of have that. It's not my, problem mentality and that's also another issue you know like the the washington losing their spring bear yeah you know i reached out to a couple of buddies hey have you sent out you know emails have you helped why do i care i don't live in washington well dude where the hell do you think they're gonna go next like not not right next to them
0: not (laughs) only not only do we have that mentality where it's like okay well i don't live in washington so what do i care that they lose their spring bear season but then the same group of people sit around bitching about non-resident hunters. What do you think that's going to do to like Idaho's spring bear season in terms yeah, exactly. of non-resident hunters?
1: I, it, well, not only that, but if the if the animal rights activists get success in Washington, what makes you think they're not just going to hop the border? Exactly. You know yeah, what I, I mean? Would, like if
0: if I dude, if I lived in Washington, I'd be buying spring bear tags in Idaho. They're over it, the counter. and They're cheap. Exactly, they're I would too. Yep. and 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 there's no reason for Washington to lose their spring bear it's such a dumb which by the way the sportsman's alliance I, I do want to make this announcement sportsman's Alliance did get a favorable judgment against Lorna Smith uh Good. the commissioner out there that kind of headed up the, mm-hmm. the end of the spring bear um the, then and and if you guys if you guys are not like a prize to this information sorry Justin I, I just want to update this no 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 I, I no, totally no 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 please please uh, but if you're not apprised of this, what happens is the state of Washington does not allow uh, somebody to serve on one public entity and then and then double that up on a different public entity. And and I can't remember the other one she serves on. It's some like housing authority or I don't I don't know development authority, some other board or or whatever she serves on. So by her serving on the Washington Wildlife Commission. She's doubling that up, and that's illegal as per the state of Washington statute. And so Sportsman's Alliance was able to bring that to court, and a judge did rule in favor of them. I don't know what the next step is, but I did kind of want to just, you know, throw a shout out to Sportsman's Alliance for uh, taking the reins on that and, and, uh, you know, creating something positive for our friends in Washington.
1: Well, we need that because right now you hear so much negativity anymore that the positivity stuff just is so few and far between. For it's good sure. to hear a win on our side. yeah so, for that's sure, awesome. Man. I haven't heard that, so that's cool to hear.
0: yeah, it just happened like yesterday. Uh, by the way, we're we are recording this on July six. I meant to say that at the beginning i I try to say that in every episode, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah hey, you know what I what I want to tell you, man is uh you had mentioned you know you'd never been on a podcast before and you would have fooled me dude like you're good at this man you should come
1: on (laughs) my show more often oh if you could have seen me if you could have seen me 30 minutes before you called me i was a nervous wreck my wife was in here making fun of me i'm sitting in my little archery shop down in my basement she was teasing me and so yeah she goes come on you cocky she says you normally are no problem with this just sit down and talk Uh, you'll be fine that's all we're doing man we just sit (laughs) down and talk hunting yeah did, so, did we
0: did we kind of cross or pass over anything?
1: On we did. We got kind of lost on the, the target Target stuff. archery, um, yeah. yeah. I want to go back to that. Yeah, so just the biggest thing I want to try to push people is don't be scared to go try it. Um, 95% of the target shooters that I know personally are going to bend over backwards to help you. Um, we want you guys to succeed. We want everybody to succeed. And when we get more people that shoots, that just makes bigger tournaments for us. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm happy to see, at least in my side of the state, we're starting to see that kind of grow. Um, a lot of our 3Ds are starting to put on competition 3Ds. And my and the main reason why I say that and why I'm excited about it is, is granted, I love competition. I'm competitive. I enjoy doing that. But on the, the plus side of that, it's teaching people how to deal with these nerves when they're at full draw. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that we get a lot of that anymore. Because you can stand up and shoot your target in your backyard 400,000 times over the summer. And when that bull comes walking in, it is nothing like what your backyard practice was. Now you're exactly. building good reps. Yeah, you're building good reps, and you're getting that muscle memory. So that's always good. Shooting your bow is always good. But being able to know what your body is going to do and how it's going to react in those high-pressure situations is, was life-changing for me. Um, I went from being somebody that, that just couldn't kill anything to I had a couple of years where it seemed like everything I drew my bow on died. Mm-hmm. Um, if I got to full draw, I had that confidence and I knew that they weren't going to make it. Um, and I, I, talk with buddies that aren't, that aren't shooters that aren't tournament shooters. And, and for example, I'll jump into story time, kind of bounce all over the place here. But uh, a couple of years ago, had a really nice meal there, nice four by four bedded, um, and had a buddy right behind me kind of calling me in with hand signals and stuff like that. Anyways, got into a great place on him. He was working through a, a pretty thick patch, and on the inside of the patch, I was thirty-four yards, and on the outside of the patch, it was sixty-five yards. And the buck ended up catching me moving because I got impatient, which is my fault. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> yeah, buck, it, it's a stupid mistake. But anyways, buck peels out the top and stops. I already knew, and I got lucky because he literally stopped on top of the bush that I had range found already. So I knew he was sixty-five yards. Already had my sight set and everything. Drew back, anchored in. Everything else took over like it normally does. Arrow goes off, buck runs off and dies. Wow. Just a, exactly how you want it to happen. Like I remember my buddy That's walking awesome. down to me and and I didn't think anything of it. Um it had just been like I, I had the adrenaline shakes and I was loving life, but but the shot process, what had happened to, to make that shot happen, I hadn't thought anything of it. Um did just me shoot my bow. Mm-hmm. And my buddy comes walking down to me. And what he said to me is when I started kind of pushing people to do this, is he walked down to me and he says, how in the hell did you do that? And I said, what are you talking about? He goes, dude, there is no way I could have drawn that bow back and shot that confidently at that deer. And I said, well, w- why not, man? You shoot just as much as I do. And he goes, I just don't feel confident. And that immediately got me thinking, okay, why, why am I different than him? We've, we have the same path. We've shot the same. We've always been very similar in our archery. What's the difference? And I realized that, oh, well, me standing on those tournament lines, shaking my boots and just trying to figure out why in the hell I paid money to do this had turned me into somebody that when, when that time came, my body took over and I wasn't nervous anymore. Huh? And, and, and I'm coming from, I'll be 100% with you, with everybody. Um, I'm coming from somebody that I, I suffered so bad with Target Panic. So, so bad. So and I guess I shouldn't say target panic. Sorry, that's uh, like, uh, buck fever. Like buck, buck fever, fever. Where where Yeah, you, when I was a kid, like yeah, I, I kid yeah, you, you just not, get all I was shaky
0: would, and you can't hold steel, and you're like sweating exactly. and uh, you know, I know I know exactly what you mean, man. Uh, like I said, I would see good, that
1: deer in the scope or I would see that elk in the scope and I would flinch so hard that the fact that I even hit things was was amazing.
0: Did you see that uh did you see that buck I killed last year with I did with the bow. I was, I was wearing snowshoes, dude. I was terrified. I was shaking all over. It was (laughs) like God bowed down from heaven and held my shoulder to stabilize me or something. And, and that arrow flung right at like exact right moment. And, and I I was able to get him. I'm still surprised he's dead.
1: Oh yeah. And that's the, and that's, that was what I was kind of getting to. Sorry. I was going a long way about it, but no, no, no. You're good, man what I got to, when I I sat down and talked, we got back to camp that night, got him all taken care of and sat down and talked. And it was like, okay, why is this easier for me than it's for you? Like, why? what's, What's causing this? You've always been rock solid. You've never had this issue. And all of a sudden we started talking and it's like, well me being successful in the tournaments that I had shot and not even successful. I mean, I have not by any means do I claim to be a good archer. I have not won anything that is, that is cool. I placed great at Vegas one year, but that is it. Like there's a lot of archers even in my hometown that are a lot better shooters than I am. Um, But I had the confidence to when it came to shots like that, where people hesitate, I was, I was killing animals. And he started shooting competitions, and the very, very next year, we get this really nice deer standing at 65 yards, and he double lunged him. He didn't go anywhere. 40 yards, and he was piled up. It was just amazing to see that transformation in less than a year on somebody that I would have thought was a very accomplished archer, was a very good shooter. Huh. So if it can do that for somebody like that, if it's somebody that's beginning, go start a competition. Go, you know, if you're a kid, the S3DA program here in Idaho is blowing up. Yeah. Yeah. Go sign up, go shoot, get in with that stuff, learn how to do that stuff. And you'll be amazed at not only the, the camaraderie that you make with all the people and all the knowledge you're going to learn, but you will learn your setup inside and out. You'll be able to react. And then when that, com- when that buck stands out or that bull or bear or whatever stands up, you'll be amazed at how easy it is. And I hate to say it like that, but you'll be amazed
0: at how no, easy it is. No, I, I'm actually glad you are, man. I've just never heard somebody put it into that kind of perspective from that sense. You know, I've just like for me, man, I have no interest in competition shooting, like zero. It's not like I was. I always talk about this too, and and maybe I can get your take on it. But I, I always look at it like this, man. There's there's two types of uh, archers. There's archers that are very into it for the sake of archery. They really enjoy shooting their bull or their bow. They mm-hmm. probably enjoy shooting bowls too. But Oh, absolutely.
1: Most archers know, do. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I I, lo-
0: I love shooting my bow. Um, but they are like my buddy Nate Davenport's like this. He's just like obsessed with archery and he wants to he always wants to make these trad bows and he's he's shooting all the time and that in in itself the actual act of shooting your bow is a hobby within itself and then they also just happen to hunt and maybe they're super obsessed about hunting as well maybe they're not maybe hunting is just like a byproduct of being into bows uh, and shooting archery and then mm-hmm. you have then you have people like me who are i i, I don't know how to ever explain this People think that because I have a hunting podcast, I'm way into the hobby aspect of shooting rifles and shooting bows and shooting whatever. I'm not. I'm not like that. I I just don't have that passion. I think that I I shot so many rounds in the military uh, for all the training that we did. I don't like to go out and just shoot targets with my rifle. I don't. I do enjoy the bow, that but not to the extent of like what other people that I know are. And so I'm just highlighting the fact that, that some people are out there shooting their bow just for the sake of being proficient and being lethal when it comes to hunting season. That's what I do. And then you have oh, other yeah. people that are just really passionate about shooting their bow as its own entity, if that makes sense. And so I'm 100%. trying to... Uh, I, I, appeal to those that are like me who who might not uh, be you know super enthusiastic about shooting a bow outside of just being ready and lethal maybe this competition thing has some merit because that that buck fever that target panic you know i've had joel turner on a few times and he talks about that as well you know it's so different than just shooting a target in the backyard um, there's got to be something to this, so I, I, I'm i really glad you brought it up because I think that a lot of light bulbs are going to be going off.
1: Oh, 100%. And Joel's a stud. I mean, if you just look at what he's done with, with his son Bodie, I mean, Bodie is right now probably one of the hardest, the hottest archers in the world. I mean, he just got done, yeah. he just won Redding. Um, he's he's winning everything, and he's a hell of a shooter. I've met him a couple of times. Um, good kid. Um, but they, yeah, just. I would definitely classify I agree with you. Um, but I think one of the biggest one of the biggest misconceptions about target archery and target shooters in whole is that people think that we're all just paper punchers. That's all we're there for. And if you walk down a line at Vegas or at you know Redding or any of these big tournaments that are nationwide tournaments if you walk down the line and you start asking everybody, hey, are you a bow hunter? I think it would blow your mind at how many of us started target archery for no better reason than just become a better bow hunter. Really? I am a bow hunter first. I am one hundred percent a bow hunter first. And ninety five percent of the target archers are probably gonna tell you the same thing. I'm a bow hunter first. You um, think it's
0: that Because I, I was thinking, I, do. I was thinking, man, like some of the I've watched uh you know when the Olympics are on, they've got the archers and all that, and and I'm thinking, I wonder if these dudes hunt. I wonder if oh, they yeah. actually so, hunt. Because I know there's a here's, lot of archers out there that don't even hunt.
1: Oh, 100%. And, and here's, a, here's a perfect example. Anybody that follows any of the target uh, you know, stuff, uh, Kyle Douglas is a name that's came up in the last couple of years. Great shooter. Stud. Uh, he's out of Salt Lake. Just an absolute stud muffin. Anyways, he has won a lot of really big tournaments lately, and he is a hunting fool.
0: Really? Anybody
1: that? Oh my goodness! Anybody that would doubt that? Yeah, just jump on his Instagram for a minute, and you will see. And and what'd most you, of what you say his name them, was? Kyle Douglas.
0: Okay, go ahead.
1: Yep, yeah, and the, and and most of those guys. I mean, if you go on and look at any of the big uh, ASA is a tournament that shoots 3D animals in the South. Right, they're big, huge tournament. Um, they have anywhere between fifteen hundred to three thousand shooters each tournament. And every one of their top guys, uh, Levi Morgan, Dan McCarthy, Jesse Broadwater, all these guys that are winning these tournaments and making literally making a living shooting a bow are all bow hunters. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, I, was, I listened to a podcast today with Levi that Levi was talking about, yeah, I'm going to start slowing down on the tournament side because I want to hunt more. That's awesome. And you're, This is one <laughs> of the greatest archers that's ever walked this earth, and that's what he's saying. So, wow. yeah, I, uh, the, that's one of the biggest misconceptions that I see with people is they see – like, for example, I'll show up at leagues and I have my target bow. And they'll all, oh, you know, that guy doesn't, you know, that guy doesn't know how to hunt or anything. On the, on the contrary, I am doing this to get ready for hunt season. The only reason why I'm doing this is because I'm dealing with a shoulder injury and trying to beef my shoulder back up. You know, yeah. it's, they just don't understand that aspect of it. And I wish people would see that, that, yeah, all of us target archers, are, are 90% of us are, are bow hunters first. And that's the main reason why we started shooting competitions was to get more proficient.
0: Um, so let, let me ask, let me ask you this, man. Um, yeah. Are are you good on time? Yeah. yeah, Okay, cool. Um, I I'll never be able to actually say this usually in most cases. So (laughs) let me ask you this, Mr. Huntsman. Um, Yes. Yes. Let's say we've got somebody out there that's listening to this and they're, you know, maybe they've been a rifle hunter for a long time and they're kind of getting into the whole, I want to call a bull elk in and bugle them into bow range and, and sauce them with my bow. What, what are some of like the biggest mistakes you see brand spanking new bow hunters getting into, uh, just before like a big bow season, like, like
1: September archery, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I'm just going to be honest again. We're just going to come straight across and say it. I think the biggest issue that I see with, with new archery hunters, is they think it's a rifle. They have this mentality of, I can just go buy a box of ammo. I can buy a dozen arrows, throw it on the bow, and go kill an animal. That is not the case. These are not like that. Bow needs to be tuned. I would always, always, always recommend if you're going to start an archery and you're going to start shooting it, even if you're going to start shooting competitions, go to your local shop. Shout out Archer Adel here in town. They are awesome. Patrick's killer, Brian's killer, all those guys, and then Jesse and Pocatello. Um, They will take damn good care of you, and any shop will. um we love seeing people in archery it's just like if you go into a gun shop they're not going to turn you away they want you to buy a gun we like seeing people shoot guns same thing with archery we like seeing people with bows yeah but on the on a hunting side i
0: don't want to cut you off because i want you to go right back to where you were at but on the hunting from the hunting aspect when you're on the mountain and and this has kind of changed over the last few years i've noticed but when you're when you're on the mountain and you're hunting with a rifle people are dicks to each other man like, oh, like they are like okay you are up in my shit and and you're a mile away versus when you're archery hunting when you're bow hunting people bow hunters understand the significance of a hundred yard gap or a, or a 500 yard gap between you and and you're not really interfering with each other except for when you got some yoko out there you know blowing on his flute like like oh, yeah. Doug Flutie, you know, that's different. Yeah, oh but, yeah. Yep. <laughs> but I, just the, the overall cultural aspect of bow hunting is a lot friendlier during season than rifle hunting. Like rifle hunting, I, I like am surprised is not in the news more often for people getting in fist fights and stuff, you know.
1: Oh, 100%. So. And, I, and I, I'm i sure we've all had our stories or our excuses oh, of that, or, you know, examples of that. Yeah, and it's yeah, never man. fun. And that's Again, when I go back to that thing of saying, "What's the worst thing for hunting?" It's hunters itself. That's that's kind of part of that problem that I'm talking about. For sure. But for what you're saying, I have always had a saying that the difference between bow hunting and rifle hunting is archery hunting. Finding the animals is easy; killing them is the hard part. Mm-hmm. Rifle hunting is the total opposite. Finding them is the hard part; killing them is easy. Yep. And I think that competition that the rifle it, hunting, yeah. <laughs> I think that competition that rifle hunting causes, um, you know, if you do get into a Canyon, you can shoot 400 yards. It, it, it creates competition. Naturally people are going to get more aggressive. And I think that's the only thing. That's the only reason I can find it. Cause I've, I've ran into plenty of archery hunters that were assholes, straight yeah. up assholes, Oh yeah. but, but I've also ran into rifle hunters that are the same way. So I, I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, with archery, a lot of us know that it's, you know, 10 to 20% success rate, maybe if we're lucky. So let's all have a good time and maybe somebody's going to get lucky. You know what I mean? Like I, that's kind of the mentality that I see with that. Yeah. And I think that's why that is that way. Um, but then you also have the old saying that they say that 80% of the elk hunters kill 20 or let's see, let's say that the right way. 80% of the elk hunters don't oh, kill 20% or whatever it is. Yeah. It's, it's 10,
0: 10%, 10% of the elk hunters kill 90% of the elk.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. At first, I didn't believe that because I was one of those guys that I thought luck had a lot to do with it. And it does. And anybody that says hunting doesn't have luck to do with it, it's a liar. Yeah, um,
0: absolutely.
1: You need wind to hold. You, know, I mean, especially with bow hunting, uh, it's not as critical as rifles, but with bows, especially. Mm-hmm. But one thing I've noticed with that is uh, I don't know how to say this without sounding mean. <laughs> Dude,
0: don't worry about it, man. I, yeah, I'm telling it's you, just... you could be the nicest guy on the planet, and you're still going to piss somebody off. Oh, 100%. I promise.
1: Um, yeah, man. I just. People just need to get along and hunt together. Uh, the issues that we're having with this stuff is dumb. It really is. And, like, most guys, if you walk up and talk, like, for example, if I pull into a canyon, there's a truck there, show some common respect, and just back out and go hunt somewhere else. Like, there's animals everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one thing that I've had a lot of issues with lately on the bow hunting side. I want to bring up the bow hunting side more because. While I agree with you, that rifle hunters can be meaner. There's still a lot of stuff on the boat hunting side that's not fun. Um, you yeah. know, I've had times that I go to get in my truck and I have valve stems removed, or you know, stuff like that, and it's not fun. I've I've um, had that
0: too, man. I've had pop and, tires.
1: Oh, 100. You know, <laughs> and, and I've had
0: it's it's because I I work in Washington. My my company is based out of Washington, so one of the trucks I cruise around and hunt in is a company truck. Uh, hopefully, my boss isn't listening, and. <laughs> And it's got Washington plates. But, you know, I don't live in Wa- – I've never lived in Washington. Come on.
1: And, yeah, and funny so, story on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, a couple of years ago, my wife was driving home from work or something in my truck and got in a car wreck. And we're talking four or five days before September 1st. Oh, nice. So I'm stressing. Anyways, everything goes through. She's fine. Trucks totaled, whatever. It's no big deal. But they give me a rental. And it has a California place. So oh, I literally had no. to go to the vinyl <laughs> no I had to go way. to the vinyl shop and get I'm a resident, it's a rental, and I literally stuck it on the back window. Oh, because smart. the first time I took it out, I had somebody that was the valve stem story, removed all my valve stems, literally left me there. I had to hike out, it was like eight miles to the road, it sucked.
2: Yeah. But
1: I literally had to go get a sticker made, and that's another thing I was gonna talk about. And I'm I'm just as guilty of this as any other resident. We'd gotta be nicer at a non resident. Like I understand it's frustrating, but I mean as many of you guys are, and I'm sure you're probably the same way, I would love to hunt out of state. Um, I just can't afford to do it. I have yeah. too many kids and too many responsibilities, but if I could, I'd be there. So why am I being rude to somebody that can't? Yeah, for um, sure. Man. And that's so one thing. let's that...
0: talk about that topic for a minute. Be- because just like you said, man, it is frustrating. Let's just all acknowledge, everybody listening, I don't care what state you're in, and I don't care what state you're coming from to hunt in, if that makes sense. It oh, is frustrating when I when I pull up. I'll give you a great example, dude, because these guys are actually super cool guys, and I I, I don't even think they listen to this show, but these <laughs> two dudes where I hunt elk, these two dudes drive all the way from Minnesota, and wow. it's it's a father son combo, and they have this like crazy hunting rig, man, where they they've got this it's like an F three fifty with this uh built-in camper thing on it and and they come up and they park in the worst freaking spot on the mountain Not like either. it is it's like this um it would be the T intersection of elk um you know movement patterns or whatever whatever you want to call it like you know how elk they 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 have these I I, I run a lot of trail cameras okay I, oh, yeah. I, I run these uh, I I which by the way I love these SpyPoint 4 Force Pros uh, these are sweet-ass cameras, and I run them all over, so I know where the elk are at. I know where they're moving. I know where they're running, and there's like these highways that elk use, and these dudes from Minnesota camp right where they all intersect off this little logging road, and I actually, I talked to them like three years ago. They come every year, and I I, I told them, hey, guys, you know, this this isn't a great spot to camp just because what you're doing is you're cutting off where the elk are moving. They didn't listen to me. They still camp there.
1: That irritated and, me. Oh, 100 percent. I but, totally get that. That said,
0: these guys show up from Minnesota. This dad and son combo, and these guys are busting their ass for three weeks. I, I know because where they're they're camped on this road that I utilize to get all my to, all to my favorite areas to hunt elk. Mm-hmm. So they're there. I I watch them. They're they're there like right after Labor Day weekend, and they're there until about the twenty third or so. You know, and they hunt their ass off, man. These guys, I'll, I'll be in some drainage like five miles away from them, uh, and and this is North Idaho miles. This is steep ass country. They, oh yeah, way good back stuff. there. And I'm yep. bugling, and I called them in last year, uh, and and they they showed up. And they're like, oh man, I can't believe we fell for it, you know, and blah blah blah, and we had a good laugh about how I called them in. And, uh, you know, the, but they were a long way from their camp. It, I mean, they really dropped the elevation and these guys are just gritty. They, they put in the work. They don't have a bunch of, you know, they don't have $3,000 worth of gear on their back. Uh, these guys just, you know, they show up and, and they work hard. And every once in a while they tag out. I've seen, I've seen L. and in, in their camp. The point, oh, yeah. I guess the point that I'm trying to highlight with this is, they definitely have frustrated me because of where they camp and, and you know, that they're hunting in some of the drainages that I feel like I own because I'm in there all the time. I'm a resident. And oh, and I, it's hard not to know, feel that way. It is. Yeah, it's, it's hard, hard is. not to feel I'm, that way. I'm in there bear hunting in the spring, and these yahoos oh, yeah. show up in September and, and blow it out, you know. So it is frustrating. But at the same time, if I lived in Minnesota or if I lived in California— you bet your ass I would prioritize my finances to make sure I'm hunting elk in Idaho or Montana or Colorado or Utah or whatever every single year. That's how oh, much I love elk hunting. So you
1: got to well, look at it from that perspective. Yeah, and we're so spoiled here. Like, it, even in the Western states, we're spoiled. I mean, every year yeah. I get to go and buy an elk tag and I get to hunt elk every year. Doesn't matter. I get to hunt elk every year. And that's. That's a rarity, you know, and so we need to we need to remember that and, and kind of a couple of things to touch on from your story, um, and and I can even add on to that was two things: if you're an out-of-state hunter and you're coming into an area, learn to listen to the locals um, for two reasons. Number one, it's going to make you a more effective hunter. They live there; they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Listen to them. If you, if he comes up to you and tells you don't camp there, there's a reason he's saying that. Obviously, there was a reason why you were saying that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. On the it's, same it's hand, if you're a
1: resident. <laughs> You don't walk up there and say, hey, dumbass, don't park here. you got to walk up and be friendly. Yeah. Uh, a pretty good story from this. I have a buddy that's, that was hunting an area last year, and we and it's a hike for us to get into it. And we hunted in there, and we get hiking in there, and all of a sudden there's a truck parked at the bottom. And we're like, you got to be kidding me. Come to find out there are some guys from California. Next thing we know, they've been hunting it for 15 years, and they're teaching us stuff that we never even knew about. Yeah. And it was all because I've got a buddy that is wants to talk to everyone. He's everybody's best friend, which is great. And that's how everybody should be.
2: Yeah, but I'm, I'm kind of like that. Yeah,
1: he will go up and talk to anyone and, and become friends with them. And next thing I you know, we're getting information that we never would have got if we walked in there and, hey, why the hell are you guys here? This is our area. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. And it actually ended up filling tags from the information that they gave us. So, no
0: kidding, huh? You filled Yeah, the and you
1: know, it. We did, and, and it can be the same way around. You know, I know of guys in the past that I have helped that, hey, you know what, don't camp here, don't go there. Listen, there's somebody in this canyon that's too small, hunt one over. Next thing you know, they're sending you an Instagram message or something, hey, man, I appreciate your help, look at the bull I killed, or look at the deer I killed, or, you know, whatever. Yeah, We just need yeah. to get back to working together. It's so, I get it's competition, and I understand. I'm as competitive as anybody. I want to beat you to the top. I want to kill bigger elk than you. I get it. Absolutely. But we also got to, take a step back and be like, hey, we're all on the same team, guys. <laughs>
0: you know, it's it's funny so, y- you know, and you're you you kinda made an important point there. I probably should have I, I should have touched on that a little bit more. Like when I when I asked them, I it wasn't like I was being a jerk about where they're camped.
1: Oh and I knew you I, were that's I just, why I brought it up. <laughs> I actually I
0: gave them uh I gave them some uh, Maverick Phelps reads from Phelps, you know, because it's my favorite read, you know, and, and so I agree, 100%, I, my I have a too. pile of them and, and, uh, I, I threw that in there, uh, or I, I'm sorry, I gave it to him and, and these are great dudes. Again, I, I think one of the things I wanted to point out too is, um, those guys hunt harder than some of these guys that are coming out of quarter Lane, cruising the dirt roads on ATVs thinking they're going to bugle a bull
1: right to the main road. One hundred percent. I was just going to say that. Yeah, it's that's an
0: important point because I I do. I see a lot of that happening here in North Idaho specifically where I and I don't know if these are like just new hunters or new residents or, or what. But I, I got news for you, man. You're not going to bugle them right to the road. It's just it, that that just doesn't happen. And and I see a lot more of that from residents. And what you're doing is you're jacking up the guy that's down there that's hiked his ass in 2,000 feet down below you in the bottom of that drainage where the bulls actually are. Exactly. Um, and so it's it, that's, that's a huge problem.
1: It has been. And, you know, another thing... Uh... One of our biggest issues and i don't know if you guys have this up in the northern part of the state but down here during september we have a lot of our motor vehicle restrictions right so yeah no travel on a four-wheeler trail stuff like that that's one of the biggest issues that i have with non-resident hunters uh we have a canyon that is that is phenomenal and it's a mile and a half hike to get into it when the motor restriction vehicle rules are in place when they're not you can drive to the top of the canyon and literally be in the middle of it and it's one of those canyons that again Kind of going with story time. I hiked my butt off, left way early, got in there at daylight. Bulls start piping off, and I'm like, "This is gonna be fun." You know, it's just one of those mornings it's gonna be a good morning. As mm-hmm. soon as I drop down to the canyon, I hear a bull bugle at the top of the canyon that I know is not a bull, and another one, and another one. Come to find out, there's five hunters from a state that had ridden their four wheelers to the top and walked right in on top of me. Ugh. Now they These didn't know were any non-residents. better. Non-residents. Non-residents. Yep, they didn't know any better, and they were really cool. Wait, wait, it.
0: wait, wait. Just uh, l- let's clarify. These were exactly. not non-residents.
1: No, these were non-residents. These were guys that were not from the state of Idaho.
0: Oh, gotcha. They were probably from yep. Utah. Uh,
1: they were. Okay. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to say it, they were. No, I know. <laughs> I, I
0: I think it's important sometimes to point that out. Utah's got a bad rep for southern Idaho because they, they come up in droves, and, and they, they do a lot of this kind of stuff,
1: right? We do, yeah. we. So, that's probably our number one out-of-state hunter around here, which is, again, yeah. I, if I could draw a Utah tag, I'd be down there course you all right with those guys but yeah we're not
0: trashing them for being you know from utah but understand exactly our our friends in utah down there understand it could be super frustrating when you guys come up here and and you're not following the rules because there was there was another incident in fact it's it's on a youtube video uh for elk shape with dan Staten where these these guys from utah down in southern idaho are like Driving around cornering
1: off. I've these seen elk. It. Yeah, you know yep, what video I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, I know exactly what video and, you're talking about.
0: And so I think that you know it's just super important for everybody to be cognizant. It's not. It's not. Oh well, you're a Utah hunter, so you're breaking the rules. Obviously, no, that's not what we're saying. It's saying that rules in Idaho are different than in the state of Utah, and you got to know them. It's the same oh, thing if somebody's coming from Washington to Idaho, or from Idaho to Montana, or from mm-hmm. South Dakota to Wyoming. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It, it's just that's what we deal with in Idaho. I know in Montana, uh, there's. Well, I won't even get into that. But uh, anyway,
1: yeah. And, you know the then, rules where you're back, going. 100 percent. Back to the story. So, and this is kind of tying into everything. But anyway, that was a, it. Was a father and a son, and they're friends. And the father and son said, "Listen, I am sorry. We apologize. We didn't mean." That. I said, "Guys, I I could give a damn. Like, I'll go down the canyon. You guys go up. We're fine." I said, "Just in the future, know that that's illegal." Rest of the mm-hmm. year goes by, no problem. The very next fall, I go hiking in the canyon first thing in this morning. Here's some bulls on the top, and find their friends in the top of the canyon riding their four wheelers in again. So it doesn't matter oh, where you're at; you're going to have yeah. guys that are just going to do what they want to do. Now, the tough thing about this one is it actually ended up ruining the canyon. Um, it's one of those that I don't even go into anymore. Yeah, uh, and and you guys see a lot of that up in northern Idaho where you get that kind of stuff. But just know the rules. It's all I want, and, and follow them. I mean, it- if yeah. I get nobody likes hiking. I don't either. It's not fun. Anybody that says it's fun is a liar or sick in the head because it's not fun. Um, <laughs> but psychotic. I do it because I love it. You know, yeah, yeah. It's if you give me a chance to kill something at the end of the rainbow, I'm going to go hike it. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, is, you know. there, is there anything, oh, which by the way, I, I don't I don't want anybody to misconstrue and get all offended and send me dirty, nasty emails because I don't even pay attention to those. Um, if you're from Utah, look, guys, I am from Utah. I'm born and raised in Utah, right? Uh, so don't don't send me a bunch of hate mail over it. Uh, it, it oh, 100%. But it is yeah, what it is. There's a bunch of jackasses that come up here from Utah and ruin things because they don't know the rules. They yeah, don't understand it, the regulations.
1: I guess I just look at it as if I was to go to Utah, I would do so, I it would be my goal to make sure that I don't, piss anybody off and i learn as much as i can so that Mm -hmm. should be the same mentality they have here you know respect the area it's not yours yeah i get that and so i'd go down there with that mentality and i feel like again back to the hunters are the worst for hunters uh people have this entitlement issue that just needs to stop it just Just, needs to stop like yeah
0: the entitlement yeah my my buddy this dude and in fact he's been on the show hazen down, uh, gosh, I could never remember how to pronounce his last name. Hazen, <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Yep. Hazen, downward, down. Uh, anyway, I, yeah,
1: yeah. I he, so he, uh, lives he hunts in Utah. some of the area down here. Yeah, yep. He I think he he's living in, in Idaho now, isn't he? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I think he, does. he made the jump. Yeah, him? we were friends on Facebook. I think he made the jump.
0: Oh, maybe he did. But so. him and his daughter just doubled up on on really nice bears. But I know he used to live. He's buddies, He's like best friends with uh, Alex Wagner, who's been on the show as well. And, yeah, yep. And they come up and hunt bears, but uh, Alex lives in somewhere down by, by Boise and, or uh, maybe it's Twin Falls, but um, I'm getting so much information here wrong, probably, but Hazen <laughs> knows the rules and, and when he comes, so that I, I again, I don't know where I was going with that, dude. I kind of lost my train of thought. Well,
1: and to be honest, Hayden does a really good job at that because if you've ever bare-baited in Idaho, we have a lot of stupid rules that we have to follow. So we do. the fact that he can come up here and do that and not get in trouble is,
0: is awesome because yeah. it's hard to do. It is very so. difficult. Are you friends with uh, Matt Drake down there?
1: I'm not. Nope. You you guys should um, you guys
0: should hook up, man. Like
1: Definitely, yeah. It, usually most of my – I we keep our circle pretty small, but on the same hand, if you shoot anything – Competitively down here, you've probably ran into me um, yeah.
0: oh, at yeah. one
1: point or another. I'm usually the loud, arrogant asshole walking around and being noisy. So, <laughs> selling but, golden yeah. retriever puppies. <laughs> oh, absolutely! Yeah, there's a reason. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so. No, that's that's cool, man. Is there is there any other like prolific piece of advice you can give to somebody coming into archery season? I, I liked what you said about how you know archery, shooting archery, and being being lethal with a bow is not like being lethal with a rifle. It it really is different. And I'm not saying that one thing is different or easier or harder. I'm saying it's very different. To be lethal with a rifle takes a lot of practice and a lot of consistency and and, and knowledge of your weapon and understanding how to keep that thing dialed in while you're in the field and and blah, blah, blah. Absolutely it. Bow hunting requires a little bit different skill set. It's it's less about that side of it and more about understanding how those arrows fly and how to get close to animals and being super stealthy. And, and so it, it, there's, there's just a, it's a different way to hunt. And I love both of them. So is there anything else that you can add to like, again, that scenario where I was saying somebody's just thinking about getting into bow season, like here it is, July 6th. Is it too late? To go no, not at all. And that's
1: tomorrow, and go not out at all. September. And that's why I wanted to talk to you is because this is this is crunch time. This is when we should start getting our stuff ready. Um, You know, I've been lucky enough to get to shoot for a lot of the shops here in Southeast Idaho, and 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 part of that is going and helping them during this time of year. You know, they're obviously busy, and we want to help them and help everybody we can. One of the biggest pet peeves I have is when somebody shows up two days for hunting season and they haven't done anything all yeah. summer, and it's like. This isn't a rifle, guys. You can't just go out and, yeah, you can fling arrows, but you're going to lose animals. You know, mm-hmm. We've got to be I've a little it. bit more. Oh, and we all have, and everybody will. I'm I not professing to be the perfect archer. I have lost animals. i will. I probably lost more animals than most people have. Um, well, I, and I don't I know, man. I,
0: I, I almost guarantee you I'd give you a run for your money. You might. Especially you might. the last three years.
1: Yeah, and but that's hunting. That's part of hunting, and that's... I. My biggest thing is whenever I go out in the woods, I want to be as prepared as I can be. And with archery, you have to be more prepared than you do with a rifle. And I don't see that with a lot of new archers. And I think it's because they're scared to get the knowledge they need to get that way. But Mm -hmm. trust your local pro shop. Um, If you know somebody that shoots competitive archery, the cool thing about that is most of us are bow techs. I mean, we spend more time working on our bows, trying to get them as forgiving and and perfect as we can. We're going to know little things that that even pro shops aren't going to know.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: and then if you get lucky and have like shops like we have here in, in Southeast Idaho, uh, the guy that runs the archery, Idaho and Pocatello, Jesse is one of the best shooters that I've ever been around. Um, took third in the flights at Vegas this year, which if anybody shoots competitive archery, they'll know that's a big deal. Um, great shooter. And he's the guy working on your bow. I mean, it's just, it's perfect. You know, that's, that's, that's the kind of stuff you want. Exactly. And dude, anytime you need help, you feel free to give me a holler. I'd be happy to help any anyway, I can. And same for anybody. Most target archers, if you need help, just ask us. We want to help. We want to get you guys in. Help. People are scared to ask. I get it. I'm the same way. Last thing I want to do is ask somebody for help. I hate that. I mm-hmm. want to figure it out on my own. But, man, the, the wealth of knowledge in the target side that can translate directly to the hunting side is so deep that I think a lot of people are missing that boat. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I couldn't agree so, more, man. Couldn't agree more.
1: Well, buddy. Um, be, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. One more one more thing, John, or yeah. Jim. Don't be scared to shoot a competition. Guys, there's a lot of us that we started. Everybody's got to start somewhere. Don't be scared to go shoot a competition. Most of us are going to welcome you with open arms. We're going to have a damn good time. You're going to laugh your ass off. And at the end of it, you're going to be a better bowhunter. Um, you know what I worry about? You don't about have for, to win everything. Yeah. I'll, I'll t-
0: maybe, you can, maybe you can shed some light on this, dude. But um, when I think about a competition, I, I've never done one. So I think about it's not like I'm worried about how well I can or can't shoot. I, cause I understand that I'm, I'm long enough in the tooth. I, I know I, you know, I'm going to screw up shots and you know, oh, whatever yeah. it, it's more like, Oh, well, you know, at, at, a, at an archery competition, it is the, the, the norm or the uh, unwritten rule that you stand with your foot pointed this way or, or you, <laughs> you know, something like that. Yeah. The I get that. that I don't know. That. You know yeah. what I mean?
1: No, and and the best the best thing I would say to that is is most areas now are having like league nights, right? So like during the winter, they'll have a Vegas league or a five spot league or a couple league, whatever. Go shoot that one time if you're that nervous about it. They're going to walk you through all the rules of like indoor archery or three d archery. It's really not that complicated. Um, it's not complicated at all, honestly and and the thing that the reason why I try to push competitive archery with people as well is during the winter, a lot of people don't do anything, right? Like mm-hmm. we're in Idaho it's tough, it's cold, you don't snow machine or ski, really, you don't do a ton, you know, ice fishing maybe, but most of the time it's dark by five o'clock. That's just when we start shooting indoor. Um, And you will be amazed. And and people, I hear this all the time. It's 20 yards. What am I going to learn? You will be amazed at what indoor will do for your game. Hmm. It will make you a better bow hunter and you will feel nerves like you have never felt on an indoor line than you will feel anywhere else. Is a little bit more serious? Yes. But it's in a time when really you're not doing anything. It's during the winter. Take one night a week and go shoot your hunting bow. You know, I, there's a lot of times that I'll take my hunting bow to leagues and just shoot them.
2: Hmm. Um,
1: it's good to keep that, that going. But then during the summer, that's 3D time, and that's, that's my baby. Um, I'm a guy. I want to go outside. I, 20 yards is fun. I do it because there's nothing else to do in the winter. But I want to go outside. I want to shoot distance. I want to, you know, play with the wind. And because I'm a bowler. Yeah,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. exactly. I have learned more from shooting 3D competitions or tournaments or even just 3D shoots than I have ever learned hunting. And here's a perfect example of one. Um, Again, back to another mule deer story. Had a buddy that had a really nice deer, you know, a nice solid four point standing at 42 yards and had a bush in between him and the mule deer at 20 yards covering the deer's vitals and he didn't shoot. And I'm sitting behind him, I'm 200 yards behind him going, shoot, 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 shoot. He didn't shoot. (laughs) I'm like, what? And so finally we meet up and I'm like, dude, what the heck, man? I'm like, that was a gimme shot. Come on, man. And he's like, I couldn't see his vitals. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, to me, this is common knowledge in arrow arcs. It's going to clear that bush. All I got to do is aim at him. It's going to go right over the top of that. And I'm not even going to question it.
2: Yeah. To somebody true. that doesn't
1: shoot competitive, he's never even thought of that. He's never thought of where is my angle? Where's my arrow arc at? How high is it right there? What's it? And that's something I have to do at almost every tournament I go to. And so that was another part of me that thought, man, this, this tournament archery is a huge thing when it comes to bow hunting, because he could have just killed the biggest deer of his life on a chip shot. And he had no idea he could even do it. Huh? So that was one thing. 3ds will teach you angles. They'll teach you cuts. They'll teach you so much stuff that you just can't learn. I mean, let's be honest, Jim, we hunt our butts off to get one chance, right?
0: Oh, Absolutely.
1: You're going to learn a ton on that one arrow, but I guarantee you I'm going to learn a lot more on the 700 arrows that I shot at three D's over the summer than that one arrow I shoot in and out. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's,
1: that's just what I would say. Uh, Just go out, shoot them. We're going to, most competition guys are going to welcome you in with open arms. We want more competition. It's just going to make it funner for us. And you're going to find that it's a lot of fun. It's just a lot of guys sitting around bullshitting and having a good time.
0: Well, let's, let's wrap this up with one more question uh, around this topic. Yeah. When Justin Huntsman goes into the woods for elk or deer or whatever with his bow, give me your bow setup and your arrow setup.
1: Okay. So I, I'm the kind of guy that from the target side, I like a longer axle, axle bow. So I'm going to run anything between like a 33 axle to a 35 inch axle. Um, it's just more stable for me. Now mm-hmm. I have a tiny draw length. Um, 28 inches is my drawing. So I'm a little guy. Um, so those guys that have the little draw lengths normally don't put the long bows on, but I just shoot them good. So that's just me. Anyways, back to it. Sorry. Um, so no, I'm going to shoot long long axle to axle. The biggest difference you're going to see between me, my hunting bow and most people's hunting bows is I run pretty long stabilizers. Um, I run a 15-inch front bar and a 10-inch back bar. Um, and then I get my quiver off any chance I get. Uh, I, my bow is tuned to shoot with the quiver if I need to but I will take that thing off the second I get, I shoot a tight spot quiver um, just for that fact that they're easy to get off. Yep. Uh, anybody will tell you the second you slap a quiver on the side of a bow. And I don't know how Northern Idaho is, but down here it's always windy. Um, all you're adding is a sail to the side of your bow. It's hard to shoot with that. Um, as for a sight, I like the, uh, I run Excel stuff. Um, I really like the Ranger pin. It's kind of a double uh, single pin, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um and I love that because I can get the accuracy of a single pin, but I can also set my single pin at twenty and know my second pin's at 35, my bubbles at 50. So if I have to make a quick shot, a bull comes running in at 20 yards and spooks and I calculate and stop him at 30, I know, okay, second pin just need to be a little bit lower and let it eat. Um that's that's my hunting setup. Arrow-wise, okay. uh, I really like the eastern long ranges. Um I love little arrows, especially out here in the west. We gotta have skinny arrows to to combat the wind. Um and our setups out here are going to be a lot different than the stuff back east. You know, back east, their farthest shot is 40 yards. That's warming up for us. Yep. Um, yep. You know, I've killed, I've killed elk at seven yards, and I've killed animals a lot farther than that. Um, that's just western hunting. That, that, uh, you've you got people, to be ready for everything.
0: People driving around, dude, they're going to be listening to this. They're going to be like, what is the longest thing you've killed? Or what? what what's the yardage, would you say? Uh, Come I only on, really like stuff because they get... But you killed it, right?
1: I did, yeah. Uh, okay. So I, sh- I killed a mule deer, and again, I'm going to get freaking hate mail for this, and I probably shouldn't even say it, but uh, I killed a mule deer a couple of years ago at 140 yards. Holy cow, R3 man, combat. are you serious? Yeah. So, um, and then I'm, I'm I am him at-
0: you. I'm right now I'm typing up a nasty <laughs> email right now.
1: Dear <laughs> yeah. Justin, um, that is bullshit. To be fair, <laughs> uh, he ran closer, I shot him at 100, and he ran closer, I shot him at 85, and all three arrows were in double lungs. So, oh, wow um again not trying to brag i should not have done it it was stupid it was dumb shot i should not have done it going back i never would have um it honestly was one of those i drew back and anchored in and was like man my pin is not moving and the bow went off uh it just kind of took over (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh yeah yeah which is great when i'm nervous and not so great when i'm just like i want to see if my pin's moving or not but anyways uh, yeah i would never recommend doing that please don't don't do that. Uh,
0: but you know what I meant, right? I mean, like when you say that, people are going to wonder what is the distance, and 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 they're going to. So I have to ask.
1: I, and I get that. I understand that. And yeah. and I am never going to be somebody that tells you that is too far. That is for the individual person to make their account. You know, I, I, I
0: totally agree.
1: I got into the long range shooting uh, rifle competition, PRS stuff, a couple of years back before COVID, and everything got so freaking expensive and. And I loved it. Uh, it's a lot like archery. It's very technical. I, I dove in headfirst. I loved it. Um, but I noticed right off the bat the negative side effect that comes with that long-range hunting. Uh, there's a lot of people that do not like it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I got into a pretty good argument with a guy one day that I said, well, what's the difference between me laying down and making a controlled shot at 1,000 yards and you popping a shot off at a running deer at 100? Yeah. He goes, well, I'm going to hit it. And I said, so am I. I said the difference is I know where I'm going to hit. Do you? Yeah, yeah. That's one thing that that, that well, I will I, never. that, yeah, that so goes tough, back. Man.
0: That goes back to what we were talking about initially. Like you know, s- shooting shooting a uh, shooting a bull elk at 80 yards might not be my personal cup of tea, but I would never judge somebody else because I've seen him go down and. Oh 100%. And, and, and people are going to be like, oh well, you're going to wound a lot. okay I've seen a lot of wounded elk never recovered at with it within, within uh, you know under 30 yards, under 20 yards. So don't give me that shit. it's oh, it it just a oh go ahead, go ahead.
1: No, and, and one thing that I see with that too and, and not to dive down this rabbit hole and again, I don't don't want to come across as an arrogant ass, but I have people that will tell you 80 yards is too far a shot. and I'm like, well wait a second, I just shot a tighter group at 80 than you shot at 30. So, why is mine unethical? Well, because of the flight of the arrow. Well, wait a second. At 80 yards, he's not going to hear my bow. He's probably not even going to have any idea I'm even close to him. Yeah. At 30 yards, they're going to hear your bow. They're going to know you're probably close because we all know they have that stupid sixth sense that I don't know what it is, but it always flares oh, up. Oh, they got it. The man. Worst time. They've got it
2: for sure. <laughs> so,
1: but yeah, just again, back to that hunters being the worst friends of hunters. You just. It's not for me to tell one person. Listen, this is as far as you can shoot. You need to make your own ethical decision on that. And and to and like I said, I'm probably gonna get hate mail for that. But you know what? At the time, I was comfortable with that shot, and the shot went exactly where I needed it to do. Yeah. Uh, the buck died, um, and it was it was fun. It's something that's a fun story to tell people. Will I ever do it again? Absolutely not. Um, I, I I've cut myself off that unless I've got an arrow in them, my cutoff's 85 yards. But that's just me personally. Mm-hmm. um i know buddies that i would 100 percent if they said hey i'm going to shoot this elk at 110 i would say go for it i'll watch um they are good enough shooters and they are accomplished enough archers that they can make that shot and i am not to tell them they can't um and i think if people would just learn that more it would just make hunting a lot easier for everybody it'd make us grow as a community together um just quit this back and forth banner of i did it better this way i did it better," and i I'll be 100% honest with you. I've been guilty of that. you know. Oh, cool, you killed it with a rifle. Cool uh, we we with all both. have,
0: yeah. We all yeah. have.
1: But if we just unite a little bit more, man, I I really think, because I just see where it's going, and it's mm-hmm. not getting better.
0: It's um, not it's ever going to get better,
1: guys. Yeah. Like,
0: like hating the dude that pays 30 grand to go on a private ranch to kill a 400-class bull. Is not doing you or me or anybody any favors. Well, like, you know, let's it's, be one hundred
1: percent honest, Jim. If me and you had that kind of money, we'd be setting up a hunt for September for me and you to go down there and hunt that same damn ranch, dude, like I anybody totally would. would. I totally, I absolutely. Would. If I had, like, if, if somebody, if I had,
0: if I, that, my wife was like, uh, she was like, "What if we? What would you do if we won like the lottery or something? We don't buy a lot of lottery tickets, but every once in a while we'll buy one. You know, just,
1: just... oh yeah, yeah."
0: Being goofy or whatever, because yeah, you know that's that's not a great retirement plan, but yeah, um, but it's
1: something to try. It's kind of fun every <laughs> once in a while. Yeah, I get and it. She's
0: like, "What? What would you do?" I'm like, "Okay, and there's a couple things. I I would totally go hunt one of those crazy expensive elk ranches."
1: Oh, like, at, like, I, I absolutely Ranch. would. If you imagine the Hill Ranch? Oh my yeah, gosh! Like yeah, or the and the Deserted in Utah or, or whatever oh, those. Dude, you know, I grew up watching those Primos videos, mm-hmm. like the Truth yeah. of Calling hunting. You know, I grew up watching those, and I one hundred percent. If I could, if I could financially afford it, you bet I would hunt the Hill Ranch or any of those totally those awesome man. ranches. Yeah, I would, and, and I, I, don't, I don't
0: blame I, anybody that does it.
1: No, I don't either, but I get the greed. I understand that uh, that rich jerk gets to go hunt that. I'm mad. I'm going to mm-hmm. write a post about it. I it's understand annoying. that because I'm the same way, but it's stupid. It's dumb.
0: It's it's always that. So. It's always that thing. You know, it's it's like, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, actually, I'm not even going to try to attempt that because I'm not going to say it right. But um, yeah, <laughs> jealousy can make you an ugly person. Oh, Let's just man. put it that and way, it's, and and it's so there's bad. no reason. There's no reason because I, I I could tell you if I had thirty grand to go blow on an elk hunt, I I would do it seven days oh, away, a week, twice on Sunday, whatever. However, Absolutely. I will also say that the dude that goes out on his own, over the counter, on public land, and and notches a tag on a little raghorn has way more respect for me.
1: Than, oh, 100%.
0: And somebody that spent 30 grand, right? I mean, the, and, there's just like no question with that. I don't think well, anybody that, would argue with
1: that. Oh, 100%. You're just like I am. If you work hard for it, that is going to bring more respect to me than anything. But on the same hand, I'm not going to tear down somebody for hunting yeah. by getting your hunting, dude. You're on you my do. team. I'm. Yeah, I, you're on my side. But I agree with you 100%. You know, that guy that, that hikes his ass in there and kills that raghorn on public Idaho land, that is it not easy. And anybody it even that need says a be easy,
0: it doesn't even need to be a raghorn, man. If somebody goes into Anything. public land in central Montana or central Wyoming and they kill a spike or a cow, holy crap, Absolutely. man! That dude is a yep. stud. That lady is a stud. Whoever does it, you know that it. That's that's what it it is all about, and that's what people need to stop being so shy about posting. Because I know there's a lot of people that knock down a spike or knock down a nice sized cow or whatever and and they don't even post about it because they're afraid of getting ripped apart because so and so spent 30 grand and has a 400 class bowl if you keep scrolling and you can see right. that you know and and that that is kind of what the problem is remember back in the day when the pictures were up on the board in the in the sporting goods store Oh absolutely like remember how the way that those pictures are up on the board because they're these physical things there's no comment section for people to talk shit about each other it, it was just, it was just. Oh, cool! That guy got a spike. Oh, that girl got a raghorn. Oh, that that guy got a big mule deer. Oh, look at this fourteen-year-old kid got a nice little forked horn muley. Yeah, you know, it, it was just. That's what social media should be. It is not. It is not a competition like like shooting a big bull does not make you a, a bigger badass than somebody that spot shot a spike exactly it just yep. doesn't you luck of the draw you said earlier that there's a lot of luck involved with hunting i tend to agree with that oh yeah and then, of, I, i'm like i don't care i'm not i'm not that impressed unless you shoot a 300 plus class bull on public land diy every single year i'm not that impressed over well, the guy that then, shot a spike
1: well and even then i mean you look at there's there's those killers out there that are going to do that and that's 100 percent legit like i know yeah not everybody's
0: cam haynes man but,
1: exactly but there's some of us out there that uh, i'll be 100% honest with you if a 210 inch forked horn or rag horn or whatever stand in front of me broadside at 30 yards he's probably going to catch an arrow because i like killing stuff
0: yeah that's how um, i am dude i am not picky i am not picky. yeah a you know now, deer other than that no i'm not in that
1: same way you know you have mule deer i'm a little bit more picky uh, i've been lucky enough to kill some pretty good bucks over the years so now i can be a little yeah. bit more picky but with elk yeah. You put a bow in front of me. If, if he's close enough, he's probably going to catch an arrow. Cause I like elk too. Yep. So, you know, it's yeah, it's this whole social media thing. And, and, you know, everybody acting like there's huge bulls or bucks around every corner, you know, it used to be, I was lucky enough. Like when I was a kid, and my dad ran one of our sporting goods stores here in town. Uh, that's another reason why I got such a good start in archery is my mom would drop me off after work. I'd punch the coat and get to shoot my bow until dad got off work Nice or after school. Yeah. So it was awesome. But I can remember going up front and looking at the same board you're talking about and looking at them and seeing all these cool pictures and seeing these big deer. And it wasn't, I'm going to go kill one like that. It was, wow, they're still out there.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, me that too. That
1: mentality is not the same anymore. It's, it's oh, if I don't kill a 200 incher, I'm not going to post it. It's like, guys, they are not everywhere. Like, you've got to go find them and they're not everywhere. And if you kill a 110-inch deer, that's still a damn good deer.
0: Man, I, I mean even my my girls I took my girls out last September for this little mm-hmm. hunt we were doing and this spike was just he was just coming in like like crazy man. He was so excited because I was cow calling. And and this uh, he was a good spike for a spike. Mm-hmm. But if he would have given me a shot, man, there would have been there is no question in my mind that he would have ate it ate an arrow and I would have posted that all over the place oh, just, to, 100%. Spy, just yep. to spite all these dudes that think that you can't post small elk. I don't well, care. I,
1: here's a perfect story for this. Just a quick one. A couple of years ago, I was running a bear bait and uh, <clears throat> took my son in one night. Um, this was before he could hunt. He was probably eight and had a young, I'm talking young, probably two-year-old bear come in. Where we hunt down here, we're predator control. We're trying to help our elk and deer, right? So yep. the second he came walking out, he was going to die. There was no questions, if, ands, or buts about it. My son was with me. That bear's going to die.
0: Yeah, you've never heard anybody, Uh, like, bitch about somebody shooting a small coyote, right? Exactly. It's it's predator control. Shoot them.
1: Exactly. So I killed this bear, put the video on Facebook. Cool video. I think it's awesome. And the first comment I get is, why'd you shoot that dink? (laughs) And, you know, and the first comment I said back to him was, well, two reasons. Number one, I like elk. And number two, my son was with me. Yeah. And I will never shame anybody for killing anything. No, me neither. Um, I
0: hate I hate stuff like that.
1: It's so tough, and, and and I'm I'm one of those guys. And I don't know how you are, but like my for example, we just got draw results here in Idaho, right? And I don't draw anything in the state. But that's beside mm, the point. Me neither. Um, yeah, I'm I'm like legit. I'm O for fifty four. I've drawn uh, one turkey tag in Idaho, and that's it my entire life. But uh, beside the point, that's that's beside the point. Um, my kids drew buck tags this year, which I'm super pumped about. It's going to be a fun hunt. I can't wait. Um, my oldest boy and my oldest girl both drew the tag, so it's going to be a good time. Nice. But it was funny because my son has not spent any time, uh, like on social media or anything like that. And the first question he asked me was, "Dad, do I have to shoot a big buck?" And really? it kind of it kind of broke my heart a little bit, just because I. I don't want my kids to ever have that. I have to kill something big, and I told him, "Absolutely not, son. If it's got a horn on its head, and you want to kill it, we're going to kill it." Yep. And to see him light up like that, I just wish. Like, and and I, it's kind of a double edged sword because I'm on I'm also the same person on the same hand saying, "Quit shooting every two point in Idaho because we're not growing big deer anymore."
0: Mm-hmm. But well, there's that side <laughs> of it. I mean, yeah.
1: But but on that happy side, like if you guys go and kill something, be proud of it. Like that's a lot of work. Killing stuff is not easy. Mm-hmm. Those critters are smart, so be proud of it. Um, you know, if there's well, two it, things I could—sorry, go ahead. Unless you have a
0: wildlife biologist literally telling you that is actually legitimately doing studies on 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 what affects, you know, big deer, you know, w- w- versus 100%. what winter kill does. Don't tell mm-hmm. me that killing a two-point buck is do- destroying the, uh, you know, the class of, of all the big game. It, it's just it, like—I'm sorry— I have a legal tag. I so I I'm I'm with you on that, dude. I don't shoot spike or or, or fork horn, you know, whatever. Mule deer. I'm chasing something bigger because I'm really good at deer hunting. Okay? And, yeah, and, yeah. and I don't mind I'm not saying that from a braggadocious way. I've just I've been doing it a long time. I'm really good at deer hunting. Mm-hmm. So yes, I'm gonna up my game and I'm gonna go for something a little bit bigger. But if somebody gives me shit because I took my daughters out and they shot a forkhorn. I like they they have no credibility with me. I, I'm sorry. It's, it's a legal yeah. tag, dude. Shut and up. let me
1: let me clarify what I meant a little bit more on that. Sorry, I probably should have clarified that. My no, my you, issue you're with that perfect, is, Yeah. My issue with that is when somebody when I see somebody, hey, check out this two point. It's great. And then the very next post I see from them is there's no big deer in Idaho anymore. <laughs> and it's yes. like well, yes, there is well, some dude ho- there is some yeah, hypocrisy
0: with that for sure there's
1: big <laughs> deer there's big deer in idaho you just got to go find them but if you kill every two point you're not going to get big deer and, and that's that's my issue with it the now two, the two points
0: like, are only the ones you find off your four-wheeler folks
1: exactly yeah you know get off the road there's big deer everywhere and we still have i mean i've been fortunate enough to kill some really good deer the last couple of years here in idaho and we still have and these are all public land do it yourself. They're not hard hunts. It's just people don't want to get off their ass anymore.
2: No, um, you
1: have to work for it. It's not like it used to be where, you know, we would see big deer from the road. You have to work for it. There's more hunters. There's less deer. It's just natural. We have to work for it harder. Yep. Um, but there's still big deer out there. So, and i love them
0: well cool man (laughs) i I love it this is a great we're gonna have to get you back on man um
1: yeah man tell everybody where
0: tell everybody where they could find you i know you're not super active uh i'm not i guess i'll have
1: to get that stuff back up and running but yeah social media just justin huntsman um if you're down here in uh, southeast idaho or wherever you'll probably see me to shoot come up say hi i love bullshitting with people um and i'd be happy to help anybody
0: what about uh, give them your cell phone number and your email so that if they want to send you some hate Absolutely. mail. Absolutely. They no, can I'm send kidding, me
1: hate mail all they want. <laughs> That's one thing I'll never shy away from. You send it away and I'll, I'll have a conversation with you. It may yeah. end up in us both calling each other assholes and hanging up, but you know what? <laughs> At least we had a conversation.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, there's something to, to be said for that for sure, buddy. Well, well uh, right. no, this this really was. This was fun. I, I it's cool. been It's so funny, man. I've been hitting you up for like, over a year being like, dude, let's record a podcast. And then I, I don't actually schedule it or, or you didn't answer. Or We've whatever been busy, is. man. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it seems it's like every crazy. time we got it
1: scheduled, something came up, whether it was, you know, hunting or just something always seemed to happen. Mm-hmm. So it's good yeah. to finally get together. And this is fun. I, I it really enjoyed I, it.
0: I knew I was going to like you. I knew I was going to yeah. like you. So uh, <laughs> I, I really do. I, I think, I, I think you'd be a great, person to just kind of you know have rotating through the the whole lineup here on the on the western huntsman podcast and, and oh man and i'd
1: be happy to do it drop this some has been wisdom, fun. brother yeah it's been really fun and like i said guys don't don't be hesitant go to your local shop they'll help you out we're all trying to help you out i know i'm right there with you that pride flares up and you don't want to ask for help and i get it but but you're missing you're missing stuff that's gonna make you a better bow hunter. And I want everybody to be a better bow hunter. I want guys to yeah. to come tell me their their success stories. No, I gave up archery hunting after four years because I couldn't kill anything. You know, yeah. I don't I don't want that. So
0: Yeah. I dig it, man. Do you right, want, man. do you want to plug uh the huntsman's golden business at all? Or is um, that hey, is you that know, too it's, busy?
1: It's kind of slowed down a bunch. Yeah, I'll be hundred percent honest <laughs> with you. We're actually not breeding right now. Um COVID kind of flared up and everybody yeah. saw that as kind of a, as a money thing. And that was not what we ever started it for. Uh, it was more of a, something for my wife to do and she really enjoyed it. And, uh, and we enjoyed doing it. So we've, we've actually gotten out of that for the most part. Um, Have you? But yeah, it, there's a lot of good golden breeders around. Just make sure you do your research. Um, a lot of people are breeding now. So make sure you do your research and find a reputable breeder. Um, that's the one thing that I hate and my wife hates is backyard breeders. You know, go yeah. find those people that, that put the time in and, and find the dogs and do the testing and, 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 you know, that kind of stuff. And, and just do your research. That's all well, we can I'm, say. So, I, I'm
0: just saying like, I know you guys, it sounds like you've slowed it way down and whatnot, um, have, but yeah. I, I am going to need another one.
1: In oh, the next absolutely. Couple of when you do, let us know. Yeah. All right, All right.
0: We'll, we'll so. keep in touch. My, my old timer's getting old and, the only way my heartbreak is gonna ever recover is is by getting a new pup. So
1: well, and like we always tell people, you don't replace them; you're just getting another one. Yep, yeah, that's yeah. no, not no, that's what so, I'm saying. I, yep.
0: you, you never replace them.
1: No, but, and they're so much fun. But and, and nothing is
0: is is uh, better for a broken heart than uh, a, a little pup. You know, I just oh,
1: absolutely, I don't know. absolutely. So. So, well, well man, it's been fun. I sure appreciate it.
0: Lots of fun, man. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, let's uh, again, let's just stay in touch and do this again. And and uh, if I don't talk to you in the meantime, good luck this season. I'll I'll be looking forward to kind of following along if you decide to jump back on social media. And, for sure. and we'll go
1: from there, man. Oh, for sure, man, for sure. Thanks a bunch. Yep, thank you.